When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Three points was just the remedy. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Yeah! Get it! Hello, welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. This is, of course, the podcast for fans of Northampton Town Football Club. I'm Charles, and coming up, Max Dyche cleans Harry Smith's blood from his boots. Not literally. The fans say a resounding yes to the club's East Stand plans, and Danny tells us all about the time he met Mendieta. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Danny. Good morning, good evening. What day is it? I don't know. Where are we? <laughs> well, we're recording on Tuesday morning this week um, because, um, well, we've had a busy weekend. Um, so just to take you back a little bit, 
Um, I unfortunately caught COVID last week. Uh, spent the week in bed. That was fun. Couldn't go to the football on Saturday. And more importantly, couldn't go to a little tiny awards do down in London last night. What what happened at those awards? Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm just still centering myself. <laughs> uh, centering yourself. Uh, centering myself. <laughs> doing a bit of woo woo. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 you center yourself all you like. Don't do it live on the pod. <laughs> I know you're excited. <laughs> uh, Daddy, what is yes. it that you have got in your hands I'm gonna, right now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pull it out, Charles, and I'm going to stroke it all day. Oh. It's an absolutely lovely FSA award. Charles. Oh my word. We actually won. My aunt is the giddiest she's been. (laughs) But I know I've said that a few times over the last year or so. Uh, But this has got the, this is, it feels like the morning after a big win, if you know what I mean. And it is a big win for us. Um, It just feels like one of those mornings where the cobblers or England have just produced something magical. Um, And I'm still buzzing. I'm still high on Skittles, if I'm honest. And (laughs) Yeah, I keep looking at the awards, just knocking it, making sure it's real. And it's it's mad, madness. Yes. Um, we are officially the club podcast of the year. <laughs> of all the clubs. Of all the clubs. All of them. <laughs> all, all 92, plus all the non-league ones. We are the best yeah. one of the year, which is absolutely crazy. It's I mean, insane. Like when you sit back and think about how many podcasts there are, how many great podcasts there are as well. All the podcasts we were up against last night. Oh, um, to all the people that were there last night. I mean, I, I felt completely out of place <laughs> with all these swanky and celebrity type people. Um, so for us to actually win an award, I was it's it's just shocking, but really, really special as well. So- I I. I, I... The thing was, was that, so it was down in Leicester Square in London and we'd originally planned to go together, hadn't we? And I'd booked a hotel and um, it was all going to be absolutely fine because although you were still going to have to get the last train home back to Bristol, weren't you? Mm -hmm. Um, Because of the fact that I was staying in London, there wasn't really that much of a, a worry in regards to when the award would actually be announced. So the evening began at like, was it like quarter past six or something? Was there a champagne reception? Um, yeah, what was it about? I think it was half six. There was a champagne. It was when to get there It's in itself was a mission. It was down about three or four flights of stairs. So it's oh. this like long and winding dark staircase to get down there. The so I wonder what was going on. winding but staircase. Exactly. But then there was like two people at the bottom of the steps just Ooh. handed me a beer as I walked in. Nice, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is nice." I can, I can. Go How are they it. dressed? Because that oh, always says something about an event. How the waiters are dressed. Oh, the waiters and the waitresses were incredibly impeccably dressed. Um, I do like an impeccably a, dressed waiter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? As well, they did this thing, where, which I'm not like completely used to at all. Um, but <laughs> but you better get used to it now, Daddy. Well, yeah, <laughs> in these circles. Um, but we, we sat there and when they brought the meals out, they did this thing. And I've never seen this before. Maybe some of our more upper class listeners have. But learned friends. Yeah, learned friends have. Um, but they circled the table and they like held the dinners in place next to us. And the, and I think one of them must have nodded and they all put the food down at the same time. It was, it was incredible. Oh, my. Yeah. 
choreographed waitering. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> choreographed. It was like a Alan Nil free kick, how choreographed it was. <laughs> just, just all place the plates down right in time. It was, it was amazing. So, yeah. It, it took some time to get used to the atmosphere, I think, of the whole thing. Um, I, yeah, so I, I am picturing right now, just with you having walked down this windy staircase... Obviously, you're dressed in your impeccable lounge suit, which uh, yes, if you've not seen it on online, Danny looks amazing. Um, and it, honestly, the way that I'm picturing this, so two waiters, I, uh, you know, I, at the door, and you handed instantly a drink. I'm thinking James Bond villain party. Yes, it did get, have that feel, actually, about it, yeah. yeah. You were like Quite walking of, into um, Spectre. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. It was very much like that. Um, a lot of a lot of tiny foods being passed around at the start. Oh, like nibbles! Canapes. Little nibbles, yeah. Canapé nibbles. Um, I couldn't. Yeah, I was, I was trying to find a friend. I was gutted you couldn't make it, Charles. And I was trying to. Yeah, you know, when you go into somewhere on your own, you're like, oh, right, let's try and catch someone's eye who's also on their own. But then you didn't want to think, didn't want them to think, oh, well, why are you looking at me? And start mm. a fight. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there was this one guy. This one guy that saw. I thought, oh, he's standing on his own. I'll, maybe I'll go and talk to him. Started walking over, and then uh, someone moved out the way, and I realised he had a tray in his hand. He was actually a waiter. So I just like moved around and did another circle of the room. Kept oh. checking my phone, things like that. But when, once we got in there, it was fine because there was a table full of football fans, and yeah, so good. So just um, just explain. Or describe um, who, who was first of all sat on the table with you. Uh, obviously, there was a there was an empty chair. I, I'm I'm hoping yes. that there was like a, a cardboard cutout of me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did think about that. Um, actually, your food did come out as well. So we were yeah, we were fighting over your food every time it came <laughs> out. <laughs> like someone had just started as we. Sh- I think they shared the mains around, and then the nice. pudding just got yeah split up um, as well. <laughs> But um, yeah, so we had um, the guys from the Yorkshire Post on our table. Um, oh, I think that Pride in Fo- newspaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Pride in Football were there, two guys. Um, oh, okay. And then we had the West Ham fanzine. Um, oh, okay. Which included an ex-West Ham player. Oh, really? On the 80s. Do you know, yeah. do you know which West Ham player it was? Yes. Do, would we know which West Ham player um, it was? <laughs> <laughs> I'm stalling because I'm just googling. It's ju- Basically, it was, unless it's Julian Dix, nobody knows. No, 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 no. <laughs> no it's, um, it was George Paris who is oh. played for West Ham uh, in the 80s and early 90s. So, 239 games. Wikipedia tells me. I also there played for Kettering on loan at one oh. point, apparently in '97. Oh, I can't believe you didn't Google him while you were sat at the table. No, I did. I did. Oh, you did. Yeah, not in the, not the table when I was out like milling around the seating area, the uh, standing area. Sorry, yeah. Um, so I thought, oh, do I, it's one of those things I thought, am I supposed to know you? But he had this aura about him that wasn't like ex-footballer aura. He was just, he was such a top guy. Um, so he didn't kind of have that, yeah, I'm more important than you kind of thing. So he's a great guy. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, we had a good laugh. I, I will say, so there were lots of people there that were a little bit famous. So you had Barry Glendenning uh, yes. from the Guardian's Football Weekly and obviously the Garden newspaper as well, sports reporter. Um, who else was there? Kieran, a uh, friend of the pod, Kieran Maguire was there. Yeah, with I heard Baroness, he was there. Yes. Um, with his wife. If you've listened to his podcast, The Price of Football, um, you'll know that he was up for a Best Online Media Award, I think it was. Mm-hmm. 
and there were several other people there, mostly writers and then lots of other podcasters and, and content creators like fanzines and all this, that, and the other weren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were giving out awards such as footballer of the year, weren't there? Pundit of the year, commentator of the year. And then also there was the things like fanzine of the year, podcast of the year, club podcast of the year and, and, and things like that. Um, I just want, because one of the things that was really funny was that at one point, all of the other awards that the guys that was you were sat with on the table, all of their awards had been given out, hadn't they? And mm-hmm. had not been won by yeah. anyone at the table. And yeah. you'd already said quite early on, literally after the very first award, which I, this it made me laugh so much that you were being so <laughs> pessimistic right from the very beginning. Because literally, the, what was the, can you, yeah, can you remember what the first award was? Um. <laughs> was it men's player of the year the I, I don't know maybe it was i know i know it can't have been oh, because it was whoever it was the... was there wasn't it and, and you said oh yeah i think it was you were... i think it was a uh, newspaper of the year wasn't it I think that was Barry a newspaper of the year them. and the guardian won that mm-hmm. and um you said immediately as soon as that had happened you went i'm really worried that all the winners have been purposely put at the front yeah because <laughs> 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 the guardian guys were sat on like table two i think they so I thought, I'm sat right at the back on table 31. Mm. Um, it doesn't feel good. Um, and then the other guys um, didn't win theirs either. So you and thought so you thought, were sat I, I on thought, a table oh, of thought, losers. Uh, <laughs> 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 and oh, yeah. Dear. So yeah, it just became an even bigger shock when, it, when they announced the whole one. I mean, I, I know we were already on Ted's hooks because of the fact that... Um, you know, we were up for an award, but the fact that the award was given out so late um, that was added to the tension was the fact that you had to leave at a quarter to 11 yeah. to go and get your train home. And yeah. you were like that going, they've not given the award out yet. I might have to leave before they do. What happens if they've not given the award out before I have to leave? And we were really worried on our WhatsApp conversation between each other. And then they, I was like, calm down, it's fine. It's the second award up after the, the dessert break. Um, <laughs> it's like a, a drinks break halfway through a, match, a football match. <laughs> Just dessert. Uh, dear. Um, yeah, so um, it's the second award after the, the dessert break. Um, I think you'll be fine. And then was it, was it, did Alex Scott win Pundit of the Year? Um, was that the first yes, award after did, that break? Yes, yeah, I think it was, yeah. And yeah, she wasn't there. She wasn't there. She sent sent a video message, and then, but then the the presenter of the award, um, so I can't remember who that was. She was then being interviewed by Victoria Derbyshire, who's the host on stage, and it just it just felt like it probably wasn't, but it just felt like it was going on. And I knew we were probably next, and I had about five minutes left, and they were just talking and talking. I was like, oh, I really want to hear what you want to say, what you got to say, but I need to go. <laughs> and so when oh, they announced dear. it, I literally just it was just a complete blur from then on because. I just had to run up to the stage, do a little chat with old Vicky, Vicky Darbs. Um, <laughs> Friends of the Stars, Danny uh, Brothers, now to get off everybody's and, names. <laughs> yeah, V-Darbs. Um, so I, was, I actually told her on stage, I think, when I was being interviewed, that I had to go and get the train. And she was like, oh, do you really? Do you really have to go? And I was like, yeah, I've uh, got a couple of minutes, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then a little photo with, with the legend that is John Rowey. Brilliant! And, um, that's superb. That is. Yeah, and then pegged it, and then they, the yeah, it, that, that's it was incredible. I, I kind of wish I'd been able to soak it up a bit more, mm. um, because then they rushed me off to do an interview with Marcus Speller, another 
one of my podcasting heroes. Um, got an easy in with him, which was nice. Uh, he also pointed out that I looked like Frankie Boyle. Good, good. And, uh, I'm glad someone yeah, did. Standard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then did a little chat there. I think that'll be online at some point. And then just pegged it up the four flights of stairs, pegged it to Piccadilly Circus. And then, yeah, just I think it hit me when I was on the last train back. Mm. And I was just like, right, I've got my trains now. And then, then it hit, I think, because, oh, yeah, it's just amazing. There you go. So I mean, great. No, I think the, the only thing missing was to have you and Jeffy and Neil there. And, you know, I wish we could have taken our entire like, people yeah. who listen to our podcast with us. But, but yeah, great. What a great night. So there you go. Um, I, I love the fact that we've won the award, obviously. Um, and I know that you, I mean, I know it was an interview rather than a speech yeah. that, that you gave on stage. Um but I think, you know, just, just very quickly, just to thank everybody that, you know, you who listen to the podcast. So, um, you know, whether this is your first time listening or your 160th or however many podcasts that we've actually done over the last three years, thank you so much. Thank you for all the support that anybody has ever given. Um, you know, the football club have been amazing. Loads of people have supported us along the way. Um, the guys at BBC Radio Northampton, uh, the guys at the Chronicle and Echo, um, yeah, and of, of course all the listeners and you know Danny, Neil, Jeffy, the three of you. Without the three of you guys, you know this this would just be me chatting on my own, which would not be anywhere near as good. So um, thank you very much. I just want to say one very quick thing because I mentioned it in the intro. Um, you met Mendietta. Uh, meeting is a strong word for glancing across the room as he as he came to present an award. Um, but it, he just came out of nowhere, just like <laughs> just like there's all these like there's these great writers, great um, people who do like, amazing things in football, presenting awards and accepting awards. But then suddenly, for guys like Mendieta to come out, I was like, "What is going on? Like, where's he come from? What's he doing up there?" <laughs> um, but sadly, didn't get to meet him. But I did get to to witness his presence in the room, which was enough. Oh, brilliant, yeah. fantastic, and um, and yeah, it'd be remiss of us to just not say congratulations to all the other nominees as well that were in our group because we were up against some really good podcasts. Um, yeah, yeah, in that. Um, so yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, the, the thing about the whole evening as well, it just reminds you how powerful football is. I think just being in a room with that many people who just don't know each other, who come from so many different backgrounds, um, just to be able to sit down on a table with complete strangers and just chat because of football, and just that's the thing we we bond with over by just saying who you support and you've got so many shared experiences, so many shared players. You can laugh about the bad players that have played for both. I had the Yorkshire Post guys next to me said, what do you think of Ryan Edmondson? Then? <laughs> <laughs> and so I just laughed and they said, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. And that's, that's what football is all about. It's not really about the massive awards and, you know, the Ballon d'Or was presented last night and stuff, but it's <laughs> the like Ballon what? the Ballon, <laughs> Ballon what? <laughs> yeah. Same, say Collected an award the same night as Lionel Messi. But yeah, it just it's it was just a really special night just to be in that kind of atmosphere and yeah, just and to win it just topped it all off, I think. Brilliant. So, uh, also as well, just to say thank you, because we wouldn't have been there without people actually going out and voting initially. Mm. Um 
you know, there was the public vote to narrow it down to six. And I think we were all just completely baffled by the amount of people that came out and put our name in the in the column to put the votes forward. Uh, we wouldn't have got a place in that room. We wouldn't have had that night. We wouldn't be with this award if so many people didn't come out and do that. So huge, huge thank you to anyone who did that. Absolutely. Thank you so much, everyone. Um, right. Let's uh, let's 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 forget about the award. I mean, that's not going to happen. There was an actual game of football on on Saturday. There was. Uh, there was. Um, the Cobblers were at home to Leighton Orient, um, and I will say that I was quite pessimistic before the game, um, and that was before you know the game had even you know even got into the swing of match day. Um, so before the lineup was announced, before anything had really got going with it, um, Sean McWilliams was, of course, out having received his fifth yellow card of the season um, at the uh, midweek game. Uh, I've forgotten already who that was against. Um, and um, then on the morning of the game, uh, John Guthrie, it was announced that, well, his wife had gone into labour, or his partner had gone into labour. Um, and uh, was about to have a baby boy or girl. I don't think it's been announced, has it? Um, I know, yeah. And so he wasn't going to be able to be playing because obviously, you know, you've got to go and support your partner, haven't you, in the old birthing suite? Um, so that made things a little bit more um, pessimistic for me. And then at the start of the game, what was it, about a quarter of the way through? Um, Keona Tete pulls his hamstring. Yeah. Do you, do you want to share what you shared on our WhatsApp group at that point, Just uh, <laughs> Did I say something along the lines of, um, oh, I can't be bothered with this anymore, I'm turning off? Yeah, it's like, that's it for me, I'm turning off. <laughs> Sounds about right, in fairness. It's the kind of thing that I do. Um, I, d- I just didn't, I didn't think that we were going to stand any chance of winning at that point. I was literally just like, oh, and, and I think, I think partly the football club are to blame for that as well in the basis of the, you know, the, well, maybe not the football club, but John Brady has been a little bit to blame for my pessimism there because John Brady's not exactly been enamoured with his own squad, has he, of late, and has talked about the fringe players as needing to up their game and, and to show that they are worthy of a, of a place in the side. And I just thought, well, if, if the manager doesn't have any faith, mm. how am I expected to? Mm. But I think this was like, that was basically our spine gone, wasn't it? You it take was. Out, take out Guthrie, take out Mwaza, um Atete gets injured. You're like all the, all the way down the spine. That's our major players missing. Uh, it's windy as all windiness. Um, <laughs> and you just think, oh no, here we go. You just, didn't feel, but they, but you know, we've said so many times before, it's our starting 11 is great. Um, when we get an injury, it's going to really cause us problems. And against yeah. an Orient team that are pretty much, you know, they've drawn a lot of games, but they've, they've looked threatening. They've looked like they're going to break into the top seven, top three against a team like that to come out and stand up and be counted. It just, in those conditions, I mean, we'll come on to Max Dyche later, but just all of them just really stepped up. And I, I was surprised, I've got to admit, that we went and won it. But it was just one of them games that we just dug in and really so we saw a little bit of a different side of us on Saturday, I think. Yeah, I mean, I've watched the game back on iFollow on, on Sunday and the game was the game was scrappy. 
Mm. But it was always going to be because of the weather. You know, the weather played a major part in in how the game is played. And I think that, you know, some fans will turn around and say, well, when it's windy like that, you just don't play any long balls. You don't basically just don't kick it up in the air and you'll be absolutely fine. But that completely ignores the fact that you're trying to run through gale force winds and you're trying to battle against those elements as a as a person not just as the ball you know you're not trying to force the ball through you're also trying to force your body to move through mm. uh, the wind and stuff and that that gets forgotten i think sometimes by us as fans you kind of just think to yourself well the easiest way to get around this is to play the ball along the floor all the time keep it out of the wind well that's fine but if you're a player who's coming up towards six foot tall, you're, you're still going to be getting battered by the wind. Mm. Um, and that makes it really, really hard to do anything in, let alone play football. Um, any of us who have gone out for a walk to the shops on Saturday or th- took the walk to the stadium will have realised how difficult it was um, battling your way through that weather. So, you know, it was always going to affect the type of game that we were going to end up watching and and. and and playing and I think the goal kind of epitomized it didn't it Mm. yeah yeah it wasn't it's a standard goal for us I think this season but the fact that we used it to our advantage again stuck it in little Sammy little poke it just Um, comes from nowhere doesn't he yeah he just appears appears out of nowhere like Kato Um, (laughs) (laughs) where will he spring from next what a reference Um, yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, a dicey with a little flick header as well to assist love that yeah it has officially um, been given that assist now hasn't he I think some yeah. people were suggesting that maybe Harry Smith had no. got the touch but no I mean for Dice to beat Harry Smith for a header is something isn't it and we won those battles all, all day all afternoon we won those little individual battles and to do that for 90 minutes is pretty something as well. Um, okay, it's quite a fairly physical Orient team, I thought, as well. Yeah, I I agree. I thought the way that Orient played, because uh, pre-season, obviously, um, they were one of the favourites. Um, I think, did one of us actually put them down as being promotion yeah, candidates? Yeah, I think most of us did, our, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, for us, pre-season predictions. Um, I mean, they, they, they should be... Well, I say should be. They, you know... They, you know, looking at them on paper, they look like they've got a well, a terrific manager mm-hmm. and uh, a terrific squad. So you are thinking to yourself, this is going to be, you know, a, a tough game. And, and you know, they did play some some nice bits of football. However, I kind of felt like neither side really stamped their own authority on the match. Whether that is, you know, down to the weather or not, I'm not sure. I mean, I think that essentially. Both sides were in the end pretty even, mm. um, which I think yeah. is a is a testament to how well the Cobblers players did play, considering they were playing a new formation. You know, there were players playing um, for the first. So Kabamba, for for example, I mean, I know he didn't start, but I mean that's the most amount of minutes that he's played since probably about what August. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it was 
a really good performance. And then to come out with the win as well was was just it was obviously uh, some people are saying it's our best win of the season. Mm. And I think, yeah, I think it's up there with Tramir in terms of going into it. Mm. Um, as in the feeling I had going into it at Tramir, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't think we're going to get anything here. They were pretty. They were doing pretty well at the time. Or you know, I just see as um I think I've got them down as winning the league actually at the start. Um mm, yeah. just because of manager and the squad and they've got a front line that's scored nineteen goals between them, I think, and Harry Smith and uh, Adrian Drinnen. Um to for us to keep them out as well, for for Max Deich to keep them out, um, to come in and just put in a performance like that is amazing. So um it's it stands us in good stead, I think, because we just keep having these moments where we think we're dropping off, we think we're going to you know, drop out the playoffs, we think we're going to fall down and then we just have these performances where we, they just pull us back up and like, surprise us and remind us that we're actually pretty good. <laughs> I mean, this is it. We're second in the league yeah. and yet it doesn't feel like we are second. In, does that make sense? Yeah, you know, it doesn't yeah. at all. No, it doesn't feel like... a. a, a yeah, it doesn't feel like we're swashbuckling like we could be doing if we're second in the league. Um, yeah, sort of strutting, um, strutting yeah. around like Mick Jagger. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Chest puffed um, out. Oh, and then next Tuesday, third against second. Oh, that's no. not six pointer. Oh, hello. No, there is. we go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, it's November like, and he's already talking about six pointers, <laughs> boys and girls. <laughs> I think I was talking about it in August. Um, <laughs> But I keep looking at the games and I thought, right, we're 19 now. We're, we're nearly halfway there and we're second. What's going on? We're what we're now six points clear of eighth. I mean, and that's huge in itself. Like being being that many clear of the playoffs, that says how big a win that was over Orient because they're in eighth at the minute. Mm. Um, and they could just, have leapfrogged us, in fairness. They Had they have. won, they yeah. could have leapfrogged. So we've we've created a nice big gap now. Yes. Leapfrog denied, Orient. Back you go. <laughs> Off you pop. <laughs> I loved it. Um, one of the things that happened on Saturday that is something that I think all football fans love to see. It's um, it's the shot into the side netting that half the ground thinks is in. Oh, yes. That's a staple of... But I don't know why, but it doesn't usually happen in the top Premier League for some reason. I don't know what happens. Maybe don't, not many people hit the side netting or something, but I don't usually see it that much. But it's, it's, a, it's a classic moment, isn't it? Especially when the commentators think it's in as well. Yes. Because I think, um, did Tim think it was in? Tim Oglethorpe? I think so, yeah. Um, And he had to settle himself down, pretty sharpish. Calm down. Come on. Come on, Tim. Calm it. Calm it. Um, I I, I love it when stuff like that happens, don't you? I mean, it's it's the whole thing that it couldn't happen last year because of the fact that, you know, there were no fans in the ground. This is, it's one of those moments that, only happens when there's football fans there to see it. Yeah, it's that whole thing of like one side going yes, and then the other side is you know straight away more or less just doing the old ah, you know, back again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's, it's right up there with the waving of the player getting sent off and the yes. oh your shit, ah, <laughs> yeah. the goal kick, um, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's the poet football poetry. Football poetry. We should write a book on football poetry like that. That would be absolutely lovely. Take me to a giant book festival. <laughs> what did you make of um, Calderwood's little hissy fit? Didn't like those <laughs> water bottles, did he? Um, he didn't, no. He's got it in him as well, Calderwood. You don't usually expect it from him, but I think he's got that side of him in him. And Brady has as well. That And I, li- I love it. I love that kind of thing. 
It's um, but it wasn't a decision. I think it was at Cabamba, wasn't it? That he was kicking his water bottles in anger at because he wasn't doing something that he'd asked him to do, or not pressing, or not doing something. That... Yeah, I think he'd not chased the ball down or something. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's a bit harsh because I do think Cabamba is one of the players that will press the most. I mean, if you go back to pre-season, the couple of goals that he got. Well, it wasn't just pre-season, was it? I mean, it was. Um, there was a, a goal he got in pre-season where he was it Birmingham City. He chased the goalkeeper down mm. and, and basically took it off the keeper's slot yeah. home. And then was it the first game of the season against Port Vale where he chased down the goalkeeper and then got clipped? Yeah, because he didn't the got, the got sent, sent off, off didn't, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's not a player that won't chase the ball. Mm. I think he was probably just absolutely knackered. As I said yeah. before, it's the first time he's played for that long in a proper competitive fixture. He's probably knackered, bless him. Yeah. I think you just get caught up in the, mo- in the emotion in that kind of sense, though, don't you? And it's good to see, though, happen. isn't it? It's so good to see because you could tell how much it means to them and how much it means to all the players at the end as well. How No, it's a very different kind of performance. It was a very bitty one. But at the end of the game, you could just see how much it meant. And that was probably just part of that, I would think. Yeah. Uh, what did you make of the penalty shout that Orient had right at the end of the game. Penalty no, for never. you? No, not for me, Clive. <laughs> it's no. it's a difficult. I mean, I had to rewind it four or five times to sort the of AR. look at it and go uh, to even see the handball in the first place. Mm. And I did think to myself, well, if I've had to do that, then for the referee to see it and give it would have had to have been something. So. Yeah. I can understand the frustration that Kenny Jacket had. You know, I mean, I he said in his post-match that it's a penalty, end of. And I think he is right when you base it on the rules. You know, essentially, the ball touches the hand, then apparently it's a penalty. Um, But I think it would have been very harsh on the Cobblers to, you know, basically lose two points at right at the death at that moment yeah, because of yeah. that. I, I think it's one of them that if there was VAR, then we would have been in trouble. But yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, didn't but, happen though, yeah. did it? So no matter. Um, absolutely love it. And then at the end, well, after the match, after most of the fans had already made their way out, um, Max Dyche was uh, was seen cleaning his boots out on the pitch. Yeah. Love that. Uh, before doing a bit of a litter pick. Yeah, I love it. Uh, and it's on the same weekend as Sean Dyche is out in a t-shirt or a, a shirt, sorry, and long, nothing long else shirt, yeah. in the snow. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like they're they're proper old school, both of them. It's just been brought up to to do things the right way. I mean, I don't know if they all usually clean their boots or anything, but it it seemed like something out of the ordinary, didn't it? And it's it's just it's yeah. good that he's got that grounding. You know, you definitely know he's going to have that grounding and that that sense of you know, I'm going to clean my own boots. Kind of thing from his dad. So. Um, uh, yeah. I, th- I, th- I thought he was great, by the way, Daesh. Yeah, I thought he had a, a really solid game, considering that's his league debut. And I, maybe the first couple of minutes, it took a little bit of time for him to settle himself. But as soon as he did, I mean, there was a one. There was one point where he takes the ball down, controls it really well, and then gives a lovely sort of outside of the foot pass down mm. the wing which was just absolutely lovely to see. I think that was in the second half, maybe. Mm-hmm. And you just think to yourself, this lad has, has obviously got, you know, talent, but he's also full of confidence. Because, yeah, definitely. I mean, Fraser Horsfall 
would have, you know, and this is no, you know, I'm not having a pop at Fraser here whatsoever at all. I'm just saying, you know, he is a league lower league defender. In that same situation, would have probably, probably, uh, <laughs> would have probably either volleyed it back from whence it came, or having taken the ball down and controlled it, would have just passed it back to Liam Roberts. Mm. So to see the the confidence that that Dyche had, and he was being, you know. He didn't have no one around him. There was a striker nearby him who was chasing him down. For him to go and do something like that and pull it off as well, because the pass was made, uh, made well, um, I think it, it just bodes so well for the future. Um, we just need to need to do our, our utmost, I think, to make sure that he is either going to be here for a long time or alternatively is going to cost somebody an awful lot of money to take away from us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when a, center, a young centre back comes into the team, it's, it's a lot more pressure than a young centre forward coming into the team. Mm. You get, you do worry about it at the start of the game. You think it's such a prime position that could be so costly, but as you say, he's got so much composure. He's so good on the ball. Like some of his passing and stuff was great. Um, he had a couple of nervous moments, but I think he coped with it well. He's up against probably the strongest, one of the at least one of the strongest front two as a partnership in the league. In those conditions, it's such a great debut for him. Absolutely, and he spoke really well after the game as well about everything. And yeah, it's probably probably a crap game to watch. He said, um, <laughs> but he was just yeah, just really happy. So yeah, he just seems to have a really good grounding of in the, of in the entire game and. Uh, it makes me think he's not he's not going to be out of place if he if he has to play again kind of thing if um if he has to play Exeter because we do worry when <laughs> a player like John Guthrie gets out of the team so it makes us it makes us a little bit more confident if we can fill in a position like that without having to go out and spend money on bring someone else in then they're even better absolutely um, okay well let's uh let, let's go elsewhere shall we we'll, Ooh, we'll sit the side sit the side we'll sit the result to one side and uh we'll we'll very quickly take a look at the other news that happened over the course of the week which was um we talked about it last week the club had put a vote out to ask the fans uh, about whether they approved of the club's plans for the redevelopment of the east stand um well the results are in and the results are <laughs> a, a rather I'm getting, I'm getting flashbacks again I'm getting nervous <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the results are that 97.67% are in favour of the club's East Stand plans a total of 2,442 votes were cast and 2,385 of those um, were to say yes we approve of the plans that um, the, the club have. Um, I don't think anybody's surprised by that, are we, Danny? No, not at all. No, I think a lot of it's been misconstrued um, by the usual parties on social media. Um, it's not about whether you want the East Stand to be finished. It's about do you support the plans that they've come out and shared. Um, like they shared a couple of weeks ago, all of the plans, all the, the diagrams, the, the Dean... DMP corridor yeah. in there. That's got um, to be there now. I'm, that's I'm, got to be there now. I'm, I'm yeah. Putting my foot down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the question was: Do you support the plans to complete the stand? And it might be a really simple question. I know we talked about it last week, but yeah, um, it's good to have that. And I think they just need it as their 
not a bargaining chip, but just to show how much support they have for it. And it's a good number that voted as well. Um, so let's just move on, move on and get it done. I, th- I think the fact is, is that the football club have put it out there to the fan base for them to, you know, I, I won't say have their say as such, but to essentially that the club can now turn around and go that they've got a mandate to move forward with the plans that they have shared. Yeah. I enjoyed that- the use of, enjoyed the use of bar graph as well. <laughs> yeah. Looks like a good bar graph. It did look like a good bar graph. I, I, it was, yeah, it was a, a proper look at the size of that one. Uh, <laughs> oh dear. So there we go. Um, right. Time for some emails. It's time to read your letters out But things have changed, so listen out If you want to write about Northampton Town You'll need to write this next bit down Just have a rant, or just some fun At podcast at cobblers2me.com No matter if we lose or win Send us your thoughts. Come on, get them in. Do we need another award-winning jingle now? Oh, get, if someone could get a jingle with the award in there. <laughs> Come on, Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. We'll, we'll have to start paying him soon, <laughs> and I'm not up for that. <laughs> uh, dear. You've got an email, Danny. I do. It's from Daniel Darwood. Uh, he says, hello chaps, areas of improvement in January if KT gets the checkbook out. Kind regards, Dan. Oh. Good kind regards. Areas, I, I do love a kind regards, I'll be honest. Kind regards are my favourite kind of regards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's it's one of those, isn't it, where, first of all, the question of if KT gets the checkbook out, how do, how likely do we think that is? Well, I don't think he's got a checkbook. Have you got a yeah, I've, got a checkbook anymore? <laughs> I've got one. They'll draw. He'll get his PayPal out or whatever it is. Um, hey, checkbooks are making a comeback. Have you not watched Blankety Blank on the weekend? It's back. Uh, I've not. Is it? Is it back? It's back. <laughs> checkbooks are out. Okay. Um, I don't, the thing is, of us doing so well, it could be a, like a double-edged sword of we're doing really well, we're in the top three, mm. and then them seeing it as we may not need to. Kind of thing, and I don't think we need to do too many tweaks, but it's more again the squad's depth that I think we could do with just boosting a little bit. Uh, maybe another good central midfielder, someone a bit more creative who's gonna break from deep, maybe like Paul Lewis does it. But I think if he gets injured, he or he gets pushed back as he did at the weekend, there's it's difficult. So I think some sort of attacking midfielder might be good to Paul Scholes. Paul Scholes, no, maybe not. Not good, <laughs> not good enough anymore. Um, but yeah, I think something like that would be good. Um, but I don't think it needs major surgery. Potentially another reserve winger in case Hoskins or Pinnock get injured. Because um, mm. we've only got Connolly at the moment, I think. Um, it's just one of them. I think he just needs beefing a little bit, not nothing major. Maybe, Beef an, it. yeah. Beef it. I yeah. like it. Uh, I. I think if you go back to 2015-16, the question is whether or not the squad really needed strengthening at that point 
Um, and had we been, and I think this is one of the things, is that if as a football club you are then sat in mid-table come January and you're sort of there going, right, this is our budget and you know we're working within that budget in order to go through the season, then when you're mid-table, then, then the budget is probably quite rigid in that situation when you're not really looking at going up or struggling to avoid or fighting to avoid relegation. But if you are in a position where you can go on and potentially win promotion, then it's maybe seen as being something that is, um, you know, you're, you're, you're spending money to hopefully achieve the ultimate reward. And I think that's probably what happened in 2015-16. Money was spent in order to assure us of that achievement at the end of it. Um, and it worked and it paid off. So the same could happen this time around. Now, a lot will obviously depend on the the players that have been earmarked as being you know, good enough to come in to the squad and, and to make the squad better. Um, I think one of the things that it's obviously going to be a dangerous balancing act, isn't it? In regards to, you don't want to upset the current balance of the squad. And I think it's fair to say, even though John Brady has recently been talking about how the fringe players aren't necessarily good enough and they need to step up, the actual feeling within the squad, emotion-wise, is really good. They all seem to be getting along and they all seem happy, even if they're not playing football. And everything is going well. So it's... It's going to be one of those where I can see maybe one or two players coming in. I would potentially like to see another striker coming in to basically take some of the weight off of Atete. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I agree with that as well. But I wouldn't necessarily want it to be somebody, and this is this is one of the weird things actually, is that I wouldn't want it to be someone that is completely different. Like we often talk about how you want different options up front. Well, actually, I kind of look at it and go, right now, I'd like an I'd like another carbon copy of Atete, please, <laughs> so that when he can't play, you know, somebody else can, um, and it doesn't affect the way that we we play as a team and the formation that we have to play and things like that. So I'd I'd like to do that, and and then possibly a a number ten, so somebody who yeah. can basically fight Paul Lewis for that position. Because I think Paul Lewis has probably got it a bit easy. And I'm not saying that he's not playing well or anything like that, but I think he's probably just got it a bit easy at the moment. Kind of knows that he's going to be playing there. Isn't really being challenged by anybody else at the moment. Of course, there's there's an argument to be had about Scott Pollock, isn't there? But clearly, you know, at the moment, that is going to be the bench for him for the time being. For whatever reason that is, I don't know. Um so yeah, maybe a couple of players at the top end of the pitch for me would uh, would be the the place that I would expect John Brady to really look at. Yeah, I think so. I'm just looking to see. I mean, we've had so many messages over the last 12 hours, of course, <laughs> because they've all been saying really lovely things about us. Um I wanted to pick out one of the one of the messages that we did have. This is the sort of content that wins us awards. It is. This is this is content <laughs> award-winning content here on the podcast. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, th- this message that came in from Gareth just just pulled at my heartstrings a little bit. He said, 
Tonight, I'm delighted that It's All Cobblers to Me won the Best Club Podcast at the FSA Awards, proof that there is no correlation between the size of a club and the passion of its fans. I just, I really liked that. Um, Obviously, so many people have been in contact to say, well done. Um, It's really blown us away, hasn't it? Every yeah, time we load up has, Twitter, yeah. there's another 40 notifications, it feels. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you, everybody, um, for your kind words. Um, something that you mentioned or that was uh, asked of you by Victoria Derbyshire when you were on stage collecting that little award, Danny, that we'll, mm-hmm. we said we wouldn't mention again, um, <laughs> was uh, NTFC Women. Yes. Yeah, that she, um, I think they must have done a little bit of research on the pod and picked up on the fact that we sponsored. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, picked up that we sponsored Abby and had a little chat about that. So that was a great little, great little way to sign off. Lovely, absolutely brilliant. Um, the women were supposed to be playing their FA Cup second round game against Lye Town on Sunday, but unfortunately, Storm Arwin had uh, other ideas. Um, as the game was called off due to, a, I think, a frozen pitch it was uh, in the end. There was a little bit of, uh, I don't know whether you saw this, Danny, but there was a little bit of um, hullabaloo about it on the old Twitter. <laughs> hullabaloo? Yes. Yeah, a hullabaloo. I mean, firstly, are they telling the truth? Because they can't really be trusted with a team name like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> stop living it. Oh, dear. Um, but yeah, well, what was the hullabaloo about? I don't well, think I saw that. So the rules are that um, in the very first instance, uh, on a game being, you know, postponed or being unable to be completed at the original venue, the opposition can offer to host the game. Okay. So the that is that is the rule. So as per the rules, the cobblers offered to host the game. I presume at Harpole, and whereas. The Northampton Town Women Twitter account just simply put out to say that the game had been postponed and would be rearranged at a future date. Um, now, in fairness, I didn't see this tweet from from the Lie Town account because it was deleted. But I presume what happened was was that the Lie Town account put a tweet out to say that the game had been postponed and that the offer of you know playing the game at Northampton had been declined which is their right to do. They don't have to say yes. The offer just has to be made, I believe. Um, and anyway, a few fans then, you know, a few of the Lie Town fans started basically saying that, you know, this was a bigger game for, for Lie Town as it is for Northampton. Why should we change, you know, the venue and give up home advantage, et cetera, mm. et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and, and, you know, then I can't remember whether it was Lou or Josh, um, but one of them, you know, had to sort of calm and quell the the <laughs> angst that was going on on Twitter and just sort of say, well, look, hang on a minute. We haven't done anything wrong. You know, we, we've followed the rules. We've offered to host the game. If you don't want to, then that is absolutely fine. And it's been chosen not to. And the Ally Town account was uh, Twitter um, tweet post thing was, uh, was removed, which I think is the right decision in the end. Um, but, but yeah, bit of a hullabaloo, bit of a fuss over nothing. Yeah, we do like a bit of a hullabaloo. And we've got a rearranged date as well. Oh, we do, do we? Yes. We've got, so it says, the second game, Sunday, 5th of December, 1 o'clock. That's coming up this weekend. 
It's a big cup weekend this weekend. Big cup weekend. Yes, because not only are the women in FA Cup action, but so are the boys. Yes. Uh, The FA Youth Cup third round tie um, is happening on Saturday because there's no FA Cup men's team game, is there? Cobblers, you flipping guru. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) so the the young cobblers will face Charlton Athletic um, at Sixfields on Saturday the 4th of December. Have we got a kickoff time for that? I think it... Uh, I right. it's one. Uh, yeah, I think it's one o'clock rather than uh, a normal again. three o'clock. So a great research. This is this is what wins <laughs> awards. Uh, half uh, past one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Which is to avoid a clash with Saints' home fixture. Uh, yeah. Tickets are priced at £3 adults and seniors and a pound for juniors. Um, which... Uh, which very nicely priced, I would say. Shane Goddard, yeah. who is the under-18s coach, says he's under no illusions that it will be a tough game. Mm. Um, but home advantage. Yeah, I think it should be a good crowd as well, actually, for Saturday afternoon. Not No, no first-team game really helps that. And yeah, cheap there was, price. And there were about 700 fans there for the second-round game, weren't yeah. there? And that was an yeah. evening kickoff. So mm-hmm. let's get let's get over a 1,000. Yes, get them in Go there. On, get them in. Go, Go and support the young cobblers. And we've seen through Max Dyche that what you know how good some of these players are, and um, like the atmosphere around that winning goal in the extra time in the last round was something pretty special. I think that was a weeknight as well, wasn't it? That that one. It was, it was on yeah. Weeknight. So Saturday afternoon, hopefully we can get a good crowd. Do you think yes. that that maybe we could we could throw in a couple of the the first teamers? <laughs> Throw Sam in there. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not thinking. Go, go for like an oldie. That, that, you know, I'm not that silly. But surely a, pl- a player like Benny Ashley Seal might be able to get away with it. <laughs> get him in there. Probably about his level. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. Oh no. It's, it's turned sour. Yes, yeah, turned sour. Sorry. Uh, um, speaking. Can I just mention as well? Speaking of um, young Sam. Uh, yes, you can. Yeah, Samuel Tobias, baby, on the way. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> congratulations, STB. Congratulations, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Samuel Tobias, baby. Oh dear, I would really like to um, run a poll for naming the baby. <laughs> not, not sure they're going to listen. No, probably not. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just thinking of of names that would go well. You know, and we, we go well obviously. With Harry Hoskins. Harry Hoskins. Oh, what are we? That's great. it. Done. Sold. Yeah. You know what will happen then? 18 years time. Oh. Yeah. League debut. Little Harry Hoskins. Little, little, little <laughs> Harry Hoskins. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Sam plays testimonial um, with little Harry Hoskins oh. playing against him. That'd be that'd be amazing, wouldn't not it? Not sure how old that would make Sam in 18 years time. But no. But well, no, congratulations, Sam. Congratulations, Sam, and thing. partner. Yeah, and partly, and baby's due in May. That was a little bit inconsiderate, to be fair. Mm, but not quite got his maths yeah. right there, has he? No, no, he needs to push that back a month a little bit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> just, 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 yeah. Don't be, don't be doing what John Guthrie's done. I mean, do you think actually, if if like, let's just say that playoff final. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not wanting to count any chickens too soon, but playoff final. Um, you're you know you're in the team because you're Sam Hoskins. Of course, you're in the team. <laughs> um, your partner's about to give birth though on the day. 
mm. Wembley or the maternity wing at Northampton A&E? <laughs> <laughs> all, all I'll say is priorities. <laughs> priorities. Think of your priorities. Oh, dear. <laughs> Imagine. I mean, I was going to say a medal's for life, but so's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, before any more nonsense gets spouted uh, on the podcast, any other business, Danny? Have you got any other uh, news of babies? No, I don't think so. I think that's all from the baby front this week. All from yeah. the baby front. Any other trophies? Um, no, this is the only one we need. I think it is, isn't it? I mean, yeah. the, the League 2 trophy would be quite nice at the end of the season, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know what I, I had in my head when I lifted the... Well, I didn't lift, but when I collected the trophy, <laughs> I had Pete Walton's commentary in my head. Oh, I really wanted to jump around with the with the awards. <laughs> it just said, "There's the cup." <laughs> That's oh. what you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. <laughs> oh, superb, brilliant! Look, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you for your support. Um, thank you to everybody that I thanked before. Thank you to Neil and to Chesy who aren't here. Thank you to you, Danny, for being here. <clears throat> and uh, thank, and you, thank you for me. Yeah, thank yes. you to me. Why not? Let's thank myself. It's uh, one of those things that I feel I'm allowed to do now. <laughs> if you'd like more from us, go to cobblerstome.com where you will find uh, match previews and lots of information on everything else to do with uh, the podcast and what we do. If you'd like to support us, you can do through our fan club. Just go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Have a great week, Cobblers fans. We'll be back next week. And, um, you know, in the meantime... Club Podcast of the Year Award. Take that, wouldn't you? There's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The Cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.